Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of We Watch Shudder. My name is Michelle, and who's here with me? It's JD. Happy it's Valentine's JD. Day, Michelle. It's always JD, and happy Valentine's Day to you, too, JD. It's what uh, we say every day. Every day we yeah. say happy Valentine's Day to each other. Yeah, it's just kind of how we roll. Yeah. Well, okay, bye. Yeah, have a good one, guys. <laughs> just wanted to stop in and say happy Valentine's Day to everybody. No, yep. we're here for a reason today. Michelle, what's the reason? Oh, the reason is you. That song. Found a reason. Okay, yeah. oh God. I don't... Yeah, yeah, great song. I, if that song winds up stuck in my head after we're done recording this, Michelle, I'm going to track you down and murder you. It's definitely already stuck in mine. And luckily for you, you have a lot of options for how to murder me based on some ideas coming from our double feature that we did today in yeah. honor of the season. We watched My Bloody Valentine, not only the 1981 original, but the 2009 My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah, original remake kind of vibe here. Normally, like we've done double feature episodes before. This is the first time we've done a movie and it's remake, so we're not gonna do this uh, like as two separate movies. We're just gonna kind of talk about them all at the same time because, of course, they are very similar but then very different uh, in very specific ways. But uh, Michelle, had you seen either one of these films before we sat down to do this today? I had only seen uh, the 2009 remake, and I had seen it for the first time last year, and I had uh, taken a screenshot of one of the really absurd 3D moments and posted on our Twitter. So I have that solidified <laughs> in my head of when the podcast was still fairly young, which it still is fairly young. But which younger, also shows you I how much attention I pay to our social media. <laughs> yep. No, nope, I am the social media person. You tweet occasionally about wrestling or, <laughs> or, or controversial I, I, stances. Or I, I yell at Shudder about. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's another don't story. don't have to get to it today. Yeah, if Michelle, it's about I, wrestling or a serious topic, it's not me. But if it's like I talk a, about, yuck, yuck, I talk about movies from time to time. Yeah, you do. I'm just saying. I you, do stuff you're on the, the Facebook. Media queen. I would, I would um, maybe occasionally do something on the Instagram if somebody would give me the po the password to the Instagram. Uh, I don't know if there's a password to the Instagram. <laughs> I, I will let you know. I think I just log in with Facebook each time. It's fine. I, I don't need. I I, I would not. I, I would not do access. anything on the Instagram. You're absolutely right. <laughs> that's where I post uh, my memes. Right. That's the. That's where the memes go. The memes, like Jason Voorhees. Yeah, Jason Voorhees. If you don't, if you don't know what Jason Voorhees is, check out We Watch Shutter on social medias. Anyway, my bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine 3D. Uh, I know I saw the original My Bloody Valentine at least once forever ago. It was probably on like a late night TV thing, so it was not the unedited version. Uh, but other than that, not familiar with these. I uh, I tried real hard to avoid most of the remakes in the circa 2010 remake boom that was uh, was happening, and uh, so I never got around to seeing this one. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, do you want to, so how are we going to do this as, as a plot summary thing? We're just figuring this out as we go, guys. You think we came in here with a plan? Oh. Fuck no. How do you want to handle this? I can do a little, a little plot summary that will work for both of them. 
Okay. Uh, basically, yeah, yeah. There's a mining Sweet. town, and a disaster happens in the mine, and uh, both movies take place a little time after that disaster has happened, and there are urban legends and warnings and things like that associated with the previous disaster. My Blay Valentine. Oh. And also associated with Valentine's Day for well, I, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of. It's but Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as holiday oriented uh, slasher movies, horror movies go. This one doesn't super tie in with Valentine. It just happens to take place around Valentine's Day. Ooh. I would disagree, but we'll save it for the spoiler section. Okay, yeah, let's I do think that. I it heavily I'm... ties into Valentine's. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff with hearts. I, I mean, yeah. like, from a plot perspective, Michelle. I mean, the first one wouldn't happen if it wasn't Valentine's Day. Mm, so. Yeah, but they don't really go... We'll talk about it when we get to the spoiler section. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you wanna you wanna throw some uh, some spoiler free thoughts and opinions on my bloody Valentine slash my bloody Valentine three D Michelle. Hit us with your spoiler yeah. free thoughts. Yeah. Okay. So I had only seen the remake, and I thought I'm gonna toss the nineteen eighty one on, and I'm not gonna really pay attention because I'm just very excited to get to the remake and see it a second time. So I expected like this is the foundation of this other movie that I really like, and uh, I'm slightly younger than you so I think I have a, a less bias against the remakes there are several that I enjoy so I was excited to get back to the absurd movie I had seen just last year and then I wound up really liking 1981 My Bloody Valentine uh, there are some great kills there are some awesome practical effects there's a legitimately pretty scary bad guy um, it is a very very solid film uh, 2009, I also enjoy for completely different reasons in that it is absurd. It was made in 3D, so things are flying at your face, but you're not watching it in 3D anymore. So now it's just silly. Um, I will say that there is a certain woman's death in this that kudos to that actress. Just what a brave, what a brave role she had. Uh, I really, really enjoy both. Um, I have no idea how to score these, so let's just go, fuck it, four. Four for both of them. Oh, uh, so are you doing, are you, are you saying four for each individually or four for the two of them collectively? Four for each, which makes an okay. average of four out of five skulls for each. Right. Like right, yeah, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to make sure that we were eva still evaluating them as separate movies based on the way you read your score. Yes, they did Which, not each get two out of five skulls. They right, each uh, got four out of five. Yeah, uh, so um, I, I definitely like the original uh, more than I liked the, the 3D remake. I do agree with you that well, <laughs> one of my favorite, oh my God, this is so absurd kind of things is watching... Uh, movies that were shot in three is meant to be in in three D, and then you're just watching them flat on your screen. Yeah. Uh, uh, weirdly, very reminiscent then of uh, of Friday the Thirteenth Part Three uh, in the in the new one. Um, I I agree. I thought especially for 1981 in the era it came out, uh, the kills and the the violence and the gore in the original was really respectable. Uh, it is. 
very much an early 80s cheap-ass indie slasher horror movie. So if you're looking for uh, uh, deep characterization and stellar Academy Award-style performances, this is not the movie for you. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, I think it's a, it's a classic for a reason. Uh, I'm glad I got to, to get refreshed on it here. Having been, It's been so long since I saw it, I might as well have been watching it for the first time. Uh, and it's it's really solid. Uh, I uh, I think I would go three and a half uh, on the original. It's not quite it it, uh, it it misses certain atmospheric points that I think could have gotten it. I wasn't quite as intimidated by the killer uh, or impressed by the killer as as you seem to have been. But it's a solid movie. It's definitely one people should see, especially for its historical uh, uh, importance. Uh, the remake didn't work for me. It, it doesn't really do much at all. Uh, I, I, uh, they kind of gave away what the difference, the bit, the major plot difference was going to be very, very quickly in the movie. Uh, if you've seen the original, there's, we'll talk about it in the spoiler section, but there's one thing that they do at the beginning of the original that completely spoils the whole thing. And I'm sure somebody thought they were being real clever, but, uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. For, for those, for a lot of that reason, uh, it definitely has the silliness. It has some interest, some solid kills, and some solid references back uh, to the original uh, while still doing some of its own things. Uh, but overall, if I had to pick one of these uh, to watch again, it's going to be the 1981 all the way. Uh, I think I would give the remake like two and a quarter. Okay, two point two five and three point yeah. five. That gives an average of, I don't know, three? A little bit under three? I'd have to uh, do the math. I'm not good at vocalizing <laughs> my math. Uh, okay. Well, spoiler section, shall we? Yeah, I think this is a good time to do that. Uh, if you haven't seen either of these movies and you don't want us to spoil shit out of them, uh, stop now and go watch them. And then come on back and uh, and join me and, and Michelle and we'll, we'll tell you all about what we didn't like. Okay. Michelle. Yeah. So I guess what I'm what I'm saying here with the whole Valentine's Day thing, and maybe I just missed something, but what I mean is like the killer's vendetta, it, like like the reason he's he he's killing people, like th- as far as I can tell, I think it's only significant because it happened to like the original events happened around Valentine's Day. Like this isn't like a jilted lover thing with the with the killer. I mean, I mean, it is sort of when you get to the end, but Valentine, it, it, like this is a movie about Valentine's Day the way Die Hard is a Christmas movie is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Mm, I guess I, yeah, I like, definitely. I think for have, me, the the hearts in chocolate boxes is a a pretty big Valentine's tie-in. That for me, I'm like that's all I need. This happened on well, Valentine's Day, the initial thing. Uh, in the original, it was a Valentine's Day dance, so that's a big thing. And then there's a lot of heart right. stuff. But, and but I'm what I'm saying that. is Valentine's Day doesn't have anything to do with the killer's motivation, right? It's it's not about, uh, it, like, he's, See, he, he's not... I disagree, because the whole thing is the Valentine's Day dance in the first one. It The right, date but, that it occurred was Valentine's but, Day. Right, but it's it didn't happen... It happened on Valentine's Day, but it didn't happen because it was Valentine's Day. That's just mm. when it happened. 
is what I'm I trying see. to say. So for me, I'm just thinking like, well, it was February 14th. So of course, February 14th matters. Right. And, and to that's, you, you're that's saying what there's no like tie-in. Right. It, it's it's a Valentine's Day movie the way Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It takes place on Valentine's Day. They work Valentine's Day elements into it, but that has nothing to do with the motivation of the killer. That's just when it happened to occur. You know what I mean? What if instead of a minor, it was Cupid killing people? Would that be a Valentine's Day movie? Because I would like to make that movie. It would all depend it. on why Cupid was killing people. Because he's Cupid. He only shows up once a year and he shoots you with an arrow. And one year he decides he's tired of making these people have relationships because they never last and the divorce rate is too high. And he starts using real arrows that kill people instead of making them fall in love. Wow, I am so good at coming up with movie ideas. I should have a uh, lot of money. I don't know. And I might be giving it less credit than it's due, but uh, this is also a point that I did not expect us to belabor this far. So I was like, (laughs) I have to make sure she understands what I'm saying. It must be done. uh, Anyway. You're both uh, so very good at even... dragging on a point for way too long. What? It's, it's we're both really good at dragging on points <laughs> for way too long. So um, otherwise, we're yeah, you're podcast. you're absolutely right. So yep. anyway, uh, we both really enjoyed uh, the the first one. Uh, you a little bit more than me, uh, but I, mm-hmm. I definitely thought it was the better of the two. Um, Should I do a plot summary for those? Oh who did yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got so carried away with this whole thing about <laughs> how it com- Yeah, go ahead. Please do. Yeah, so basically the original, and now I'm, oh, I I have recency bias, so I'm going to try to make sure I get the original story correct. Uh, So a guy, um, no, several guys were in a mine, and there was a Valentine's Day dance, so the managers, they fucked off really, because that's what managers do. And um, when they left, they did not check the gas, and then there was an explosion. I believe five miners were trapped underground, and then they found one guy. Uh Uh-oh. No, I was just going to say, I I feel like a complete idiot, uh, but you just solved my whole conundrum right there. I don't know how I missed the whole fact that the reason the mine exploded is because those guys fucked off to the Valentine's Day dance. Yeah. I uh, I feel like a real dummy right now. Uh, Did I win an argument for the first time ever? Oh my god, I'm putting uh, this in my diary. Yeah, and like I said, uh, I I I guess that like I think I do believe I mentioned there might be something that I just missed along the way, and clearly mm-hmm. there is something I missed <laughs> along the way. Because uh, really that was a weird thing about the movie to me, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt your plot summary, but that mm-hmm. was something I was going to bring up, which is. I didn't understand the connection between the people dying in the mine and then he just decided to murder a bunch of people at this Valentine's <laughs> Day dance. And That's now great. I feel like a real dummy. So thank you for clearing that up for me. Please continue. Yay, I never win arguments. Um, okay, so uh, the managers fuck off. They go to a dance. Later on, they think everybody's dead, but they find one guy and he has been eating the other miners in order to survive. And now he's crazy and he goes to an asylum and then he comes back and then he kills a bunch of people because he's mad at the managers for fucking off and making a lot of people get dead and make him get crazy. Uh, so then I forgot what happens to him. I thought, I think he died or something, but then it's many years down the he road went to and, an asylum. Yeah. But permanently I thought he went to the asylum. He came back and killed people. And they went to the asylum again. I don't remember. 
Okay. So neither we remember the Valentine's Day dance. That's all that matters. But yeah, anyway, well, you that guy's gone. The Valentine's Day dance. <laughs> and then, uh, then there's a thing about how you can't have Valentine's Day dancing, and it's a whole like a uh, footloose situation where they're like, no dancing, otherwise you get murdered. Um, and they're like, no, fuck you, we're gonna dance, and then they're gonna die. That's how that works. And then it turns out that the person killing everybody is one of the high school guys, and his dad was the initial guy who killed a bunch of people. So there's that. And then the remake, uh, Jensen Ackles in it is in it, so automatically it's very good. And um, he shows up to a high school party where everybody's getting down in the mine and then um, a bunch of people die to a miner and he survives and then he goes away for a while and he comes back and the mine was his father's property and he's selling the mine. Oh my God, there's so much plot in two movies. And then uh, long story short, he was the one killing people because when he watched other people die, he went crazy Um, and it's kind of kind of the same but also very different oh so much plot when we do two movies my, my bloody valentine. valentine my bloody valentine yeah so i mean that so this is the primary difference between the two right is there's these two characters you have uh john uh and axel is it john the one that uh or is it mike uh, the, the one that jensen ackles plays oh tom uh, tom tom so you got tom, tom and you got Axel. These are, and, and then there's uh, uh, what was the lady's name? I feel terrible that I don't remember these characters. Names. I'm terrible at names. Do you mean Sarah? Tom's that lady was her Sarah? name. You got yeah. Tom and Sarah and Axel, and it's a whole thing where Tom and Sarah were together, uh, and then Sarah got together with Axel, but maybe she still wants to be with Tom. Same sort of arc in both films, right? Some different plot details, mm-hmm. but ultimately the main difference is. Uh, in the original, it turns out Axel's the killer, and in the remake, it turns out Tom's the killer. Uh, that's that, that's the, the real crucial difference between the two. Otherwise, really very similar movies, uh, I thought. Uh, again, a lot of this one is obviously modernized uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, things happen, a lot of the kills are similar visually, but they happen in different uh, scenarios. Uh, I really appreciated that they did finally get to uh, the the laundromat, uh, the the dryer death in the in the remake, which I think is far and away the greatest bit from the original film. Like that is legendary. They put the, mm-hmm. the only thing the only thing about it that that gets me is like that dryer clearly had blood all over the window to the door. I could see it through the camera all the way in my apartment uh, 40-odd years later, this guy stood right next to it looking at all the other machines and didn't notice the blood. He didn't notice anything until the door popped open. Come on, give me a break. But no, uh, fantastic effect, very effective in the original, very effective in the latter. Uh, What was your favorite ridiculous 3D moment from the uh, from the original or from the remake from the remake? uh, There's a lot of really good deaths in here. Um, I'll give you my two favorite kills because I don't know if they're my favorite 3D. I think anytime he like whacked the axe at the camera, I was like, huh, that's silly. But there's like nobody dying at that moment. I really love uh, when the older gentleman, I believe the one that we were saying was from Lost, when his jaw gets ripped off. That was great. And I went and looked at how they did the effect. 
And it was magnets that the jaw could hinge on. And that's a really, you have to just go watch how they did some of these effects. A little bit more CGI in the remake, unfortunately, but there were apparently some practical effects that they originally planned to do, like that lady getting the shovel halfway through her face and they had that, that as a practical effect. And then they changed it to CGI and the practical looks better. But uh, there was that one. And then, of course, the thing that gets solidified in my head is the fucking completely nude lady just running through the parking lot and then hide in like, wow, I just love that. (laughs) So Yeah, so this is pretty much the opening of the movie, right? Jensen Ackles has just arrived back in town. He pulls up to the motel. He's walking to his room. He hears a couple people fucking. And then we get inside that room, and this lady... I actually went back and timed it. This scene is a little over six minutes long. I can just imagine she goes to this audition and she gets this part and they say, okay, here's the thing. Uh, You're going to be on camera for six minutes. It's going to start out with you fucking and it's going to end with you being murdered by a psychopath. And your entire wardrobe for the entire six-minute sequence in which you run around outside quite a bit is a pair of hoop earrings and a pair of platform wedge sandals. That's it. And she said, all right, let's do it. (laughs) Also, the guy that you're fucking is one of the writers, and he's going to make this scene go for way too long. Was that Todd Farmer? It absolutely was. I thought it might have been. <laughs> Todd Farmer wrote the remake, by the way, who also wrote uh, Jason X. It was his first mm-hmm. feature writing job. <laughs> anyway. Imagine uh, if yeah. Stephen King put himself in his movies like that. Uh, he wasn't just like a weird guy at a gas station. He was the guy doing all the sex scenes all the time. I right, think more writers yeah. should do that. Or like M. Night Shyamalan put himself in scenes that way. <laughs> but no, to to her credit, she seemed very gung-ho. She, uh, she went for it. it so good. But man so so weird um yeah I, I so i was talking about how i feel like they gave the whole thing away here so the original oh yeah i want to hear your opinion on this cuz i am not uh, sure what you're referring to so yeah so the original yeah the original is a very classic um uh early 80s slasher right or in the sense that it doesn't really allude to anything or give you any clues. It just drops this bomb at the end where it's just like, oh, yeah, it turns out it was Axel, and it's because of this. And they give you the whole thing about how Axel witnessed, what was it, his dad was the killer or his dad was killed by the killer? Uh, Somebody, his dad was the manager who got murdered, uh, I believe. Well, like when the guy came back to kill him. Anyway, yeah. Ultimately, Axel saw somebody get murdered, and now he's gone crazy all these years later and become a murderer himself, probably influenced by the whole Tom Sarah thing. One of the last things you see when you get the flashback to young Axel uh, witnessing the murder is they splash blood all over his face. And then in the remake... In the opening sequence, when we're watching the original set of murders, the last thing that happens to Jensen Ackles 
before they flash forward and they're like, however many years later, 10 years later or whatever, the last thing that happens is we get a clear look of his face and they splatter blood all over his face. And I was immediately like, okay, well, he's going to be the killer. Now, to their credit, there were a couple of moments through the movie where I started to wonder if maybe that was going to be the case. And then it was absolutely the case. You know, the whole sequence where the dude in the mine gets murdered and he gets locked in the cage, that is not smoke and mirrors. That's just flat out fucking lying to your audience. And I don't really care for that sort of thing. Uh, that's, and you know, some people do it and they're cool with it. It's fine. It's not to my taste. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I immediately, also you don't put Jensen Ackles in this movie if he's not the killer. That's old Roger <laughs> Ebert stuff. This is called that the law of economy of casting. You only put somebody in a role that's as important. The actor is going to be as important as the role, right? So he had to be the killer who was, he wasn't going to be the hero. Give me a break. I have so many comments. Please do. Uh, have at it. Okay. So first, uh, I had seen the remake last year for the first time. I had no context of the first movie. Um, so I had nothing to go on of like, this is the foreshadowing. So being able to experience it of like, I'm not sure which way this is supposed to go was definitely uh, way more. It, it had a bigger impact. It was definitely uh, leaving me a lot more questioning because I didn't have that uh that reference to go off of uh the fact that you just connected the two like those yeah that makes so much fucking sense and it's brilliant and i did not realize it until you were explaining it but then i also oh go ahead go ahead go ahead okay uh but i also um wonder if that is because you watch them back to back that you're that's exactly what i was about to say yeah Uh, so it's brilliant if you analyze it but it does ruin it if you watch them yeah. one right after another yeah well and also it like and that's why i mentioned uh I, I think it it they especially give it away uh if you're really familiar with the original film i think yeah. if you had seen the original film but hadn't seen it for a while maybe you only saw it once uh watching this you might not make that connection right you might just completely forget i didn't forget it because I was like, holy shit, in 1981, they splattered blood all over a little boy's face and put it in a movie? Like, there were certain places you still didn't go uh, at that time. But uh, I, I do agree. I, I think that definitely helped me draw that connection was I literally started the second movie right after I finished the first one. Yeah, and I also think a lot of people who are familiar with the original because it's not Axel getting his uh, face splashed with blood, it probably left them, um, at least several of them, like questioning it a lot more of like, well, that was supposed to happen to Axel. And now when they are going back and forth between, it's definitely one of these two. They're like, well, I know it was Axel in the original, but Tom is the one who got his face splashed. So like, I, I think that's probably why they did it that way for, you know, people who are uh, familiar with the original. And, oh, that's so smart of them. But I totally... Did not catch it, despite watching them one right after another. It's very, very smart. True. Um, oh, okay. My my next thing is uh, the uh, part where Jensen Ackles locked himself in the cage also bothered me. Um, it's just one of those where, like, if you're going to show that the guy was delusional the whole time, everything we see had to have been factual, and there just had to be something that, like, 
he was unaware of. And so locking himself in the cage and hallucinating this guy and all of that is just very upsetting. It it's not unreli- um uh, unreliable narrator. It's the the narrator is fucking lying to us and that sucks. Yeah. I completely yeah, agree. I had I had a real problem with that because that was one of the things where I was just like, okay, maybe maybe there's two of them this time, exactly. right? Maybe there's an yep. accomplice, maybe there's something. Uh, I always wanted to see a movie like this where it was a copycat killer, but it was two copycat killers and neither one of them knows the other one exists. Oh, I thought that, I always thought that would be like weird. There's a movie like that. I'm going to have to get you a title uh, later. No, I, I, I just, I, I, that never sits well with me when the reason the audience can't solve the puzzle is because you just flat lied to them. Right, yeah. I I it, it, I don't like that technique at all. They show us the 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 real version of what happened later on, as if to say, yeah, see, it's totally plausible. Except you didn't even hint at that as a possibility until you gave it to us, uh, yep. and that doesn't really work for me. I agree. I think the ending of this, um, the big not even twist, but like the reveal of like which of them is actually the killer would have worked for me a lot more if they had put effort into those flashbacks to make it so that, you know, when they reveal something, it really is like, whoa. So he fell into the cage and the door slammed shut behind him instead of him just being like, I'm going in the cage now. Um, That would have really solidified it for me a lot more. There was one thing in that scene that I think it stood out to me enough to make me wonder, okay, is something else going on here? And it's after Jensen Ackles as Tom is in the cage, and I don't remember exactly what causes it to happen, but it's almost a split screen with Jensen Ackles on the left and the killer on the right, and they come right up to the wall of the cage like they're looking in a mirror. Like mm-hmm. their movement is almost identical. The way they stop right at the... It's a very weird shot just out of nowhere. And it's not like a 3D effect or anything because it's not coming towards the screen. Uh, yep. And that did make me think, oh, okay, something is up here. But they they didn't do enough, I think, to justify it as anything more than just a, just a lie. Yeah, I think if this was trying to be a 100% serious movie, a lot of these flaws would be things that I would really dislike the film for that reason. But it's a movie where a woman is completely nude getting chased around just for the sake of getting chased around. (laughs) So because they put that near the beginning of the film, I already know this is a weird, wild ride. Um, I know that this is not going to be a serious thing. It's also in 3D. So by this point, I've been getting bombarded by just the weirdest effects out of nowhere. Um, so that makes me forgive it a lot more. Just knowing like we're going to have a lot of really fun kills instead. Right. Uh, and, there was one thing. Oh, God, what was my thing? You were about to say something. You you say your thing yeah, and I'll uh, see if I, I remember it, mine. In a weird way, I, I, I also like, like I said, this movie is, is very referential without being straight copycat. Uh, it has the kill where the pickaxe goes through somebody's eye socket and pushes oh, the eyeball out. that's the out, thing I want to talk about. Which goes we'll right back. towards the screen in this one. Yep. Uh, I, I will say right away that I think the effects look better in the original. I, I would rather yeah, uh, a low-budget practical note. effect than a terrible CG effect ever. But another way, I, and I don't know that this is something that was done intentionally, but it is an interesting parallel because I mentioned 
how the guy goes into the laundromat and is just completely oblivious to the blood-soaked dryer that he's standing right next to. So in the remake, uh, uh, Harry Warren, is that his name, the killer... Uh, the original killer from the old from the mine disaster. Uh, he's, he be, he becomes comatose, right? Mm-hmm. And then he comes out of his coma and goes on. They said he killed like twenty people. It looked like he killed about fifty in the hospital alone. Holy shit! What a fucking disaster piece that was. But this dude has been comatose for a year in this hospital room. And he's a well-known psychopath killer. And that nurse walks into the room, checks his IV bags, looks at the chart before ever noticing or registering that he's not in the bed anymore. And then her reaction is just like, hmm, I wonder where he went. Like, there's there's no urgency whatsoever. There's, like, it's almost like she barely, if she hadn't turned to look, she wouldn't even have realized he was gone. I promise you, if that dude's been comatose for a year in that same room, him not being in that bed is the first thing you're going to fucking notice. I don't know, that just really stood out to me as just, like, she she's apparently not too concerned that the psychopath murderer who's been comatose for a year is no longer there. We've uh, had this come up on the podcast before where you just have way better situational awareness than I do. (laughs) Where for me, I'm like, yeah, I would probably be getting murdered and then be like, oh, you're not in your bed. Oh, that's weird. And I'm dead. (laughs) Or like looking around at the laundromat. Like if I try to find anything, I have to rope somebody else in to do it because I just have no concept of what is around me at any given time somebody could be getting murdered in that hospital bed i'd be like oh you're low on iv fluids let me go get that like (laughs) no uh, concept uh, of any any of my surroundings panicky freak so i notice these kind of things exactly and i i am panicky but then i'm just in my head too much to notice anything else um Mm. did want to circle back to the eye though because please do i think this movie because there are so many things that are homages to the original and uh very kind of delightful remakes um you know like the the dryer thing they they did that really well in both of them and the eye bit and like they they did a lot of the kills the same way as they like hey look this is cool in the original um but it it does give you that side-by-side comparison to prove once and for all uh that practical effects are better just yeah give me practical effects instead of weird cgi things and i think part of it is that 3d thing like how are they going to do a practical effect with an eye flying at the screen i'm sure it requires cgi intervention but it's so ridiculous whereas the first one it is a very impressive kill um yeah so it takes that away completely for me uh, uh, uh i think the the big thing is I think part of what makes a practical effect more effective, even if it's a a, a lower budget, uh, I don't want to say cheaper because that's derogatory, but it, you know it's a, a a very low budget, you know, gotta make do with very little kind of effect. Uh, I think a couple of things. First, what the first movie has going for it in that sense is it's not fucking 8 million pixel high-definition digital camera, right? It's a 1980s film camera. You can get away with more. It's more forgiving on detail. 
uh, because it's grainier. It's not quite a, it's not as sharp and, and defined an image. Uh, but also, uh, CG effects have that Uncanny Valley thing going on, right? The practical effects, it's at least something on the screen that is real and has weight and resembles a human eyeball or in some way. The digital effect is too clean. You know, it, like mm -hmm. I can see the seams. I can see the, like there's like a weird halo around the entire thing. You can see the edges. And it's it's too perfect to lose that, but it's not good enough, right? It's in that weird donut zone where it's not good enough to actually look real, but it's too good to disappear into the rest of the film. And man, seriously, give me, give me a shitty practical effect eyeball any day of the week over that digital eyeball was terrible. And I'm a guy who's gone out of his way to try to not straight out just criticize things, but it was terrible. Here's the disclaimer we give at the end of anything that we are incredibly critical of. It's better than I could have done. That said. Compared oh, to sure. other things I've seen, very bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and let me be that, clear. That's the consolation I mean, prize is not it, a, it's better than I would have done. <laughs> yeah, not a judgment on the on the movie as a whole either. That specific effect was trash. Just a judgment on that specific person. You should feel bad. Oh, that Just wasn't a single judgment. person. There's about 80 people who worked on that, I imagine, maybe more. Oh, they were probably so disappointed too. They were like, "We're never gonna get to well, this." Now to they the can all just point their fingers at each other, like in that multiple Spider Mans meme, and nobody's to blame. So, oh, I love me a good multiple Spider Man meme. I wish I was a multiple Spider Man meme. Yeah. Just kidding. If there were more of me, I would probably lose <laughs> my mind because I would hate myself. Did you know Tom Atkins was in this movie? The new one, the diet guy, um, who says he can't have bread. No. Then no. Um, you know what? I'm just going to... Look, if you don't immediately know who I'm talking about when I say Tom Atkins, I'm not going to waste my breath. The people listening I, at home who know, they know. I'm looking at his IMDb page right now, and he's in a lot of stuff that mm -hmm. I enjoy. Yeah, he I sure is. I don't know who this man is. Have you no, seen Halloween 3 Season of the Witch? Yes. He's the main character in Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Oh, See, you remember people. I don't remember people at all. I have no concept. It, it's again the whole thing. Like I don't remember people. I would not notice a bloody dryer, let alone a face hitting the sides of the bloody dryer, and then it would pop out, and I'd be like, "Do I know this person?" Even if it was like my closest friend, I'd be like, "Okay, I don't have their outfit to use for reference. Their hair's a little too messed up. Is this person I know?" And they'd be like, "Oh, that's your brother." I'd be like, "Oh." Okay. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Like I have no concept space people. I don't know what I am. I don't know how I get by. I have no concept of anything. I can't look at a thing and identify it. I'd be like, is that a hat? And they're like, no, that's a spoon. I'm like, that explains why it's not holding my soup. Like just no, no <laughs> possibility of survival over here. Okay. Well, let me try to swing this back to a little bit of sanity and stability. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about because you mentioned it and I absolutely agree uh, is the design, the look of this killer 
in the mining mm. gear and just the creepiness of it. You especially uh, pointed out that you thought it was a real creepy, effective uh, presentation of the villain. Tell us a little bit more about your thoughts there. I think I'm like I, a I was I'm like to... a fucking NPR interviewer all of a sudden. Tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on it's that great, topic, though. Michelle. I like that you're giving me a chance to talk. It's awesome, <laughs> even if it's NPR style. Like it's yeah, good. If you Plus, heard like, last sometimes... week's episode, it was about 43 <laughs> minutes long, and Michelle talked for grand total of about five and a half minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah, plus it's good when you ask questions because I know that you've done interviews and so you know what type of questions to ask. And I run out of things to say. Um, That said, I I was trying to think like if there was something I could compare it to about why this is so effective to me. But it's kind of like the, the Darth Vader thing where they are so disguised that you have no concept of who is behind that mask. To the point that this is a completely silent killer, so you have no voice to identify. The breathing through the gas mask is creepy. Um, it just completely dehumanizes whoever that killer is. And uh, taking away any possibility that, that that could just be a stand-in for anyone. And I think that's legitimately yep. creepy, and I love it. Yeah, it does. Um, it yeah. does what all the great horror masks do. Uh, which mm-hmm. is it uh, like the Michael Myers mask or Jason Voorhees, uh, particularly the hockey mask, even though I prefer Baghead Jason from number two, the hockey mask is more representative of this idea. Um, and, and this mask uh, is they uh, they're weird enough, but they all again, they also it's weirdly uh, taking advantage of that uncanny valley. They're all still vaguely human face right there's Mm -hmm. still the eyes around here there's still you can still tell it's it's like a person face but then it's just dead right there's nothing i i I love i just i love masks with like it's almost like a gas mask effect here you know with that breathing filter mask on this guy uh yeah just creepy as shit and then you put on top of it that he's got that lamp on his head so he can like blind you like a deer in headlights when he's coming at you yeah really really clever concept for a killer here i i find myself wondering and i i need to do my research if this movie it, or some version of it didn't already exist and they were like, oh, everybody's rushing to do a horror movie about a holiday. How can we tie this in with Valentine's Day somehow? And they went with it that way, uh, just as a way to get that little twist in as a marketing ploy. Uh, but, yeah, I really love the killer design in this. In, effective in both of them because they very, uh, very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, faithfully recreate the look of that killer in the remake. I just love a good mask. I like a Bane mask. I like a Predator mask. At this point, I am just telling you people I think are hot I also, and that I can't explain. I also, uh, just because I thought it was delightfully absurd, uh, I do love in the original, in that opening scene where the two people in the mining outfits end up in the mine, and now all of a sudden this lady takes the mining. First of all, she's not also <laughs> wearing regular clothes under her mining outfit. Yeah. She's just got her underwear on. Anyway. It was warm. But yeah. there's, a, <laughs> there's a moment in that where I was just like, oh, Jesus, you're really going where she they're making out or whatever, or she's coming on to him doing this dance, and she starts stroking the hose of his gas mask like <laughs> 
It's just like, really? We're going here? And then I remembered, yeah, it's a 1981 slasher flick. Of course we're going there. Canadian, no less. Canadian. Yeah, very Canadian. I am am impressed uh, between this and Black Christmas. I got to maybe focus a little bit more on some Canadian slashers. The part where he's apologizing to her repeatedly and saying, I'm sorry, is very funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's always funny. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I don't really have anything else to add. We have covered more than I thought that we would. Um, Do you have any more things to say? And not really about these movies. There is uh, one other uh, NPR interview, This American Life type question (laughs) uh, that I wanted to ask, though, which is, as long as, obviously, we did this episode as a Valentine's Day special are there any other Valentine's Day related horror movies that you are particularly fond of or that you might want to shout out here at the end of the episode? You said Valentine's Day specific? Yeah, like Valentine's Day horror movies. Ugh, I can't think of a single one. I well, think there's one the called Valentine. There's, There's one, one from called... it, it's from like ninety nine or two thousand. It oh. stars David Boreanaz uh, from uh, Buffy and Angel, uh, and it's yes. a, it's, it's like a killer in a weird it. Cupid mask. Yeah, it just got added to Shutter, and I only remember oh, that because today when I was going to look um, to see if it was on Shutter, I couldn't remember what streaming service had it. That's the one that came up instead of My Bloody Valentine. So yeah, I. I've seen that title, but that's all I'm aware of. This is the only, or these are the only two Valentine's movies I think I've seen. uh, I'm pretty sure it's the only other Valentine's Day horror movie that I'm aware of. I'm sure there are others, but that's the only one. Uh, I will point out, if you want to go take a look at that, it is very much a late 90s, early 2000s slasher. Take that however you will. Uh, It also, I won't explain specifically, but... It makes one of the same crucial errors that uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D makes, uh, but it also has one of my favorite moments in the history of slasher films. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who who might be going to watch it, uh, but I'll tell Michelle when we get off the air here, because, wait, you've not seen the movie? I have not. Oh, then I don't want to spoil it for you either. Anyway, I don't think I'm going to watch it. So quick it'll be quick okay. story. I saw the movie in the theater with some buddies. It was just the four of us sitting there watching the movie. And the way the scene plays out, this guy walks into a, an area, and I was like, you know, if I was him, I would just do blah, 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 blah. And no sooner have I gotten the words out of my mouth than he starts doing the thing that I said he should start doing, and it was phenomenal. And I laughed and laughed, and it was... Just a perfect moment of finally some fucking rationality in a slasher movie for about 10 seconds, and then it becomes a slasher again. But that yeah, was a totally if, if unnecessary story, if I'm not going to give you the details. But I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. That's how my brain works. I mean, I tell a lot of stories that I begin t- uh, telling the story, and then I go, I should not have committed to this because nobody oh, yeah. is going to like this story, but I'm already halfway through and I have to tell you the end. Yep. And I've started just being honest about it and saying, I'm sorry. I just realized that this is probably very boring, but I do need to finish it. And then trying to wrap up as quickly as possible. Yeah, I, I promise I did that you... last week and they're like, no, it's fine. I was like, it's not fine. I'm so sorry to put you through this. <laughs> I, I promise you, if, if you feel like you need to cool story bro me, I have already cool story broed myself about halfway through that story. Yeah, but I can't stop. I can't just stop. <laughs> what are you? What are you nuts? Exactly. Like, what if there's a, a specific detail that I 
I add that changes everything. And you're so grateful that you've heard me talk for five minutes about TikTok also you don't I just saw. stop in the middle of the river. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get drawn down by the current. And you're going to die. Oh, I don't go in the river. That's where oh, the snakes be. That, this is where the snakes are is in the river. Huh? Okay. Anyway. Yep. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Are there other Valentine's horror movies? Maybe there are. If there's one that you know of that we haven't mentioned, maybe hit us up and let us know what we should check out. Uh, there are definitely horrific uh, romantic movies out there yeah. and you can catch oh, them all sure on Lifetime, the there channel sure for women are. where women get stalked <laughs> and murdered. Coming up on the regularly scheduled episode later this week, we're uh, taking a a detour from the Shudder content because we got an off week from them. We're going to be talking about the latest Adams Family film, Where the Devil Roams. You can see it on Tubi for free with ads. I'm really looking forward to talking about that one, Michelle. I'm, I'm, I'm still not entirely certain of what your reaction to the film is, and I'm curious to get the details. You've managed I to. I also wear a gas mask to hide my emotions. You, <laughs> I'm mysterious. She's been very coy about it. Like I, I feel like she's generally positive on it, but I don't know if she's quite as positive on. Anyway, we'll find out uh, on that episode. Uh, and when then the we week after that, that the twenty fourth, history of evil, and I will be in Denver. So I'm excited. I'll be recording at a different hotel room. Not evil, guys. That. Evil. Evil. I'm the so history excited. of evil. All right, that's plenty. Say good night, Michelle. Good night, Michelle. For more horror content, visit wewatchshutter.com, where you'll find our world famous patent pending ghoul blog and squelch files, as well as a schedule of upcoming episodes. Find us on social media at We Watch Shutter on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I guess Twitter if you're still doing that for whatever reason. You can email us. Mail at WeWatchShutter.com is the address. Mail at WeWatchShutter.com. You can even call and leave us a voicemail. 701-566-9510. No, really. 701-566-9510. Give it a shot. See what happens. We Watch Shudder is a production of Rat Factory Media.